In today's programme, we set out to find how our mobile phones use radio waves and how they stay in touch with the radio tower. So we speak to a Cambridge firm that works to improve that sometimes elusive phone signal. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. In this section called Scientists at Work, we talk to people who, for some reason or another, find themselves working, researching or thinking about science in Cambridge, England. So I spoke with Chris and over the next 10 minutes we cover quite a range of stuff from how a mobile phone differs from a cordless phone, how a mobile phone connects with the tower and what happens after the signal gets to the tower. Let's hear. Okay, so the the company I work for is a company called IP Access. Uh, We're based over in Camborne. We make infrastructure that we sell to mobile phone companies to make their networks work. Um, What is this? So what we, what we make are what are now called small cells. So these are small devices that can go into a home or an office, and what they do is they actually generate the signal that your mobile phone talks to. And how, how is that useful to me? Give me give okay, me so, so, so what, what happens with a, with a mobile phone is that when, you, when you're using it, it's talking to a base station, you know, one of the big masts out in, that you see around, and normally that's what happens. So... The mast transmits a signal to the phone, and that's what you receive and what you hear, and then your phone transmits back to the mast. Now, one of the problems that you get is that when you move inside a building, the walls of the building block a lot of the RF energy from the radio waves that come Mm -hmm. from the mast. Um, That's usually measured in dB. If you lose 3 dB of signal, then that's half the energy gone. So a typical wall will take out about 15 dB of signal. Which sounds like a tremendous amount. It is a tremendous amount. It means you, you lose about 95% of the signal when you move inside a building. Oh. But phones can handle that very easily in most cases. It's only when you're near the edge of it and that can be a problem. And your technology is some kind of signal booster? Um, a lot of people think that, but actually no. So that's one of the, the questions we get quite a lot. So there is a technology which allows you to receive the signal. Often you'll put an antenna on top of the building to receive a weak signal. And then you'll amplify that and then rebroadcast that inside. That's not what we make. What we make is a small base station. It's a complete unit, very small version of what you would see on on a mast outside. So it actually generates its own radio signal. And then what it does is it connects back into the mobile network over broadband internet connection. So it will work over your DSL line or whatever. And so it generates a signal, then it carries the voice or the data back into the mobile network over an IP. That's why we're actually called IP access. So it's radio access over IP networks. That's that's where the company name comes from. Okay. When I pick up the phone, um, so where where is the signal going? What's the the route? Let's start off with the, the phone receiving a signal. When you've got five bars, it's receiving a relatively strong signal. As it starts to get near the edge of what it's capable of receiving, and I'll come back to my dB measurement now. So mobile phones can receive down to minus a hundred dB or thereabouts. That's when you're down to your last bar on the phone. And whatever gets in the way of it will will impact that. Some phones, like Blackberries, you can actually go into an engineering screen and you can see how many dB they're actually receiving. So that's, that's what's happening. So the mast is transmitting a signal now... There are a number of different technologies which are used. The, the main one, which has been around for a number of years, is GSM. So that's a particular technology. That transmits the signal in a 200 kilohertz carrier. So the, the bandwidth of the carrier that you're using is 200 kilohertz wide. And that is shared between eight different phone calls. So that's time sliced up into eight pieces. So that 200 kilohertz is 
transmitted into you and that's what the phone receives and it receives that signal and it locks on and there's all sorts of signaling and all kinds of stuff that goes on when it communicates with the base station then there's another technology which is called 3g technology which the technical bit of that is called wcdma wideband cdma and that uses a very different type of technology so rather than having your own individual carrier that you're sharing with somebody else it has one carrier which is shared by everybody in the cell and that's a wideband carrier. It's typically five megahertz wide. That's what that's what's actually used. It's five megahertz wide, and it's shared by everybody in the cell. And everybody has a different set of codes, and it, it appears as interference, and they all it all gets reconstructed at the base station back together again. That's what we do. So as a company, we make GSM base stations, and we make WCDMA base stations. And in the future, we're going to do LTE as well, which is a whole different technology. So again. LTE is four G. Four G. Yes, long term evolution is what it stands for. What is the difference between a mobile phone and a cordless phone that I have around my house? A cordless phone connects to a piece of wire that comes into the house, typically. Mm -hmm. And that has a little base station piece of it that then creates a signal using another air interface standard called DECT. That's a cordless telephony standard. So that's another way of doing radio over a fairly short distance. DECT is designed to work up to about 30 to 50 metres away from a base station, whereas obviously cellular phones are, are designed to work up to 10 kilometres. Our small cells, our femtocells as they're known, work in some ways very similarly to a DECT phone. So they generate the, the signal, although we use either GSM or CDMA, we don't use DECT, we generate the signal and then the phone talks to it. But the phone that we're talking to is a cellular phone, so it has the sensitivity, it has the range, it has the ability to signal to the base stations to enable it to hand over from one cell to another. When you hear the word cellular networks, yes. mobile phone networks, there's a key in the name there, which is the mobile piece. One of the key things about mobile networks is when I move around, there are all kinds of protocols that the phones use to tell the network, I'm losing signal from this cell, I need to get onto a new cell, please, to enable me to keep going. So that's happening all the time. If you're, if you're going fast along the motorway, you'll be handing over multiple times as you go along. If you're in a call, it will hand over many times. As you move around, you will hand over between cells. So what happens is, in a mobile phone, the cell senses the, the signal strength. It measures the signal strength all the time. If the signal strength drops too low, it will look around for other cells in the area. Now... How does it know where they are? It knows because the base station it's talking to tells it which other cells to look for, what frequencies they're on, what scrambling codes they're using if they're 3G, so which ones to look for, and then it will go and measure the signal strength from them. If it sees them stronger, it will request a handover to actually hand over that call from the cell it's on to a different cell. And it will do that in the background while you're talking, and then hand over, and it will switch on to a different cell. Then it, the call will carry on on that cell until it, the measurements change. And that can happen quite a lot while you're, while you're moving around. And particularly if you're moving around inside a building or inside somewhere where the signal strength is very weak. When I see a, a telephone mast, mm -hmm. my phone is going to connect with that telephone mm -hmm. mast. How does that get to another bit of the world? So the word in the industry that we use for that is backhaul. So it's bringing the signal back from the base station into the main switching centres. So the different mobile operators have switching centres around. They may have a few in the country. In the UK, there may be three or four switching centres for a typical mobile operator. North America, there are 60, 70 because of the geography. All the, the signals come over radio from the transmitter to your phone and then get carried over 
There's a variety of technologies that are used. Some are over ATM, some are over Ethernet in terms of the transport. But then in terms of the physical link, it can be a piece of copper wire. That's the most common. Increasingly, because people using mobile phones are starting to use a lot of data. If you think about the plans, you can get 500 megabytes, a gigabyte. That's a lot of data that they have to carry from their switch to the main base station and then over the air to your phone. And that's quite expensive, which is why they're quite careful with the packages. But increasingly, people are using more and more data. The volume is doubling in less than a year at the moment. Within one year, maybe nine months, the actual amount of data that the networks are carrying is doubling. That's a truly exponential growth. And they're having to change quite a lot of things in their network to accommodate that. So the main thing that they're doing at the moment is putting fiber to base stations to be able to get more data down to it. So they don't only use that. Sometimes they'll use microwave links. You'll see the round dishes on the tower sometimes, and that's a point-to-point link. So that uses microwave in a very narrow beam to another receiving dish a number of kilometers away. And if you go into very remote parts of the world, you'll sometimes see satellite used to carry the actual signals and the data and the voice calls. We're, we're starting to do that more and more at the moment. We've got a number of installations on ships and planes, as well as in remote rural locations. Wow. I, I want one of these. Mm-hmm. So, presumably, these are not for sale. They are for sale at the moment, actually. Yeah, so femtocells are available in the UK at the moment. The different networks are going through a variety of different tests and, and trials. Um, so you can, you can go into a Vodafone shop and buy one. One of the things about mobile phone spectrum is that mobile operators bought the rights to transmit in certain pieces of spectrum. There are a number of bands which they use. So um, in GSM, there are two main bands. There's the 900 megahertz band and the 1800 megahertz band in Europe, anyway. And then the 3G runs in 2100 megahertz band. So those, those are the main bands. And LTE, they're looking to run in 2600 megahertz and also in 700 megahertz which is where you actually get a bit more, um, or including some of the digital dividend. They're looking at using some of the spectrum that was used for TV to make it available for mobile phones. Now, the reason why that matters is, is quite interesting. As the frequency goes up, so there's more and more spectrum available. So to get 10 megahertz at 2100 meg is one thing. To get 10 megahertz at 900, there's less of it. There's just less megahertz available. But the higher the frequency the less well the signal gets through walls. A 900 meg signal, you get much better coverage than you do a 2100 megahertz signal. So the higher the frequency, the more spectrum there is available for carrying data, but the less well it gets into a building. So the more likely you are to actually want to have a small cell in there. And is this analogous to high-pitched sounds, bass sounds? Yes, Yes, it's very, very similar, yeah. So the higher frequencies get absorbed more than the lower frequencies. And they get absorbed more by glass and metalised films on glass and all sorts of other building construction techniques that are now used to keep buildings more thermally efficient actually block a lot of the RF. I don't know if you've seen that. They put special K-glass. Brilliant. Stops heat, also stops radio. Where you would expect a great signal often isn't because the walls and the glass is actually shielding it. It's a relatively new technology. Because the mobile phone companies have their spectrum, sorry, that's where I started from, only they are allowed to transmit in that spectrum. You can look up on the Ofcom website who's, who's got what spectrum. But, but basically, Vodafone have a piece of bandwidth from, you know, from this to this. Mm-hmm. O2 have their own piece of bandwidth. T-Mobile have their own. Orange have their own, although they're having to sell some of that now they've merged. But, so each company has their own bits of spectrum. 
for WCDMA, for the 3G spectrum, it's in 5 megahertz blocks. So they'll have two or three of those 5 megahertz blocks. And that's what the whole network runs in. And so because of that, they choose to uh, transmit in that spectrum. You buy a femtocell from them, then theirs is geared up to transmit in their own spectrum. And you can't just do that. You're not allowed to do that. Ofcom uh, get very upset if people would attempt to do that. And then the signal from that gets carried back into their switches alongside the traffic from their main outdoor macro networks. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Even I understood that. I mean, it's a small miracle the phone even works when you're travelling on the train. And I think I've got a better idea of why the batteries run down. But I was wondering, uh, what is that noise? You can hear it in the taxi or or the headphones in the studio pick it up. What is that diddly, 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 diddly all about? The diddly D noise is the phone updating its location as you travel around. The phone checks in the base every 15 minutes or so in search of a stronger signal. And as it does, it tells the base where it happens to be, just in case there's a call. And it does this at full power, which is likely why all that interference gets through to your electronics, whatever you happen to be listening to on a speaker. So what does the network do if someone calls and my phone is switched off? Well, in that case, it first sends a message to the last place that your phone checked in. If you So if you were in Stansted Airport, it would send the signal there. But if there's no joy, it has to send the call everywhere. And the more I think about it, it's more complicated than I thought. That's pretty much all for today's show. Scientists at Work is made by the Science Show team on Community Radio Cambridge 105. You can also find past episodes on the website www.cambridge105.fm You can also subscribe to future podcasts with the iTunes store. You can get in touch with us on the email science at cambridge105.fm or on Twitter at 105science. Till next time, it's bye from The Science Show. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105.